Welcome to Pool Party Radio. This is the number one podcast for dunking all over Draymond Green and all of Oklahoma City. This is your host, Parker. Joined as always by co-host Razorman Cumulus. Also the podcast for Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin'. Yes. And don't forget about that. <laughs> don't forget to visit our sponsors. If you go to Dunkin' Donuts... Uh, when you're like talking to the cashier, use the promo code Cumulus to receive 15% off. Yeah, uh, be sure to um, lean in close and whisper into your cashier's ear because we haven't printed this anywhere. And tell your cashier Cumulus in uh, as sultry a voice as you can muster and you'll get that deal. They'll give you what you need. Uh, <laughs> it's like, hopefully it's coffee. Cause I mean, I don't like drinking too much coffee anymore, but Dunkin' Donuts has probably the best legit fast food coffee. Uh, I never, I buy it every once in a while, like to make it my home, but I don't ever have it there. I don't think, well, yeah, they don't have Dunkin' Donuts here and I never got them in Ohio because we had Tim Hortons. So yeah, Tim Hortons was for, you know, that's better in a lot of ways. But uh, in lieu of Tim Hortons, you have to have Dunkin' Donuts. And America runs on Dunkin', as I just said. So you can, yeah, you can just use that. Just use their coffee. It's quite good. It's quite all right. It, it'll do the job. I like it. Yeah. A lot of people like that coffee. They swear by it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's actually the promo copy they gave, they gave us. A lot of people like that coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you, there you go, straight from the people's mouths. Uh, speaking of mouths, how you doing this week? What do you What have you been up to? Tell me with your mouth. So good. I'm doing okay. Hey, it's me, the producer. Oh, the producer. Hey, producer. He's, he's here too. We forgot to introduce him. Uh, yeah. He's he's here. I'm the producer. How's, how's it? How you doing as producer? Oh. That's the, yeah, oh, baby. That's a universal sign for doing great. I like that. Mm-hmm. He's a producer. He says, "Yeah, baby, he's doing great." Twitter. That's good to hear. Twitter. Yeah, you, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, we'll get to that at the end of the show. Yep, we're on Twitter. <laughs> and shout out to everybody who's seen us on Twitter. We see you back. Yeah, we definitely no, see you emails these days, but Twitter is, is always popping. Yeah, the emails have been down. Uh, I blame Podcast Town and the fact that we're on Twitter. I blame those two things. Sure. I mean, why not? Are you on Snapchat or do you want to say if you're on Snapchat? I have. Like, I got on there and uh, I was on there for like two days or something. And Corey sent me some cool stuff. And like that's all, and like I don't know what Snapchat etiquette is. Like, like if somebody, like if I got something, like I got a couple of things there. Like I don't know if I'm like if it's like a text message, like if I'm supposed to reply or not. So it gave me a lot of anxiety. So I deleted the app, but I just re-downloaded it the other day. I have never used it. I don't know how to use it. I was given the proposition that I should use it this week, and I have no idea what it is. About a couple of weeks ago, I watched this uh, compilation video. It's like a montage, well, not a montage. It was a compilation video of all these different Snapchat videos of people at, I think it was at University of Wisconsin, maybe? 
I forget which one of those, but there was a like some misconnection happening. These two people who had met at a party or something like that uh, were trying to get a hold of each other, and then people around campus were commenting on this misconnection through their own Snapchats. It looked kind of neat, but it was it was like something out of like a '90s rom com movie, like when people thought this is probably what the internet is like. Now it's what the actual internet is like, apparently. Like, people can do this kind of thing. Uh, so that was kind of engaging. I, I just don't know what else it does, though. And it makes me uncomfortable. Especially when people are like, yeah, Snapchat, it's there, and then it's gone. When I'm watching, like, this uploaded video that's clearly been saved and is there for all time now. Yeah. I don't know if I trust that stuff about it being gone. But yeah, how uh, can you? There's compilation videos of misconnections and everybody comments on it. Yeah. So like there's some kid like crying in their dorm room bed, like, I wish they would meet up. And it, I mean, that's there for life. Like NWO, it's there for life. Yeah. That's well, yeah, like that's why I was afraid to send Corey any pictures of my peen is because i was like well i don't know like i mean how long is it going to be in the database can other people see it i don't necessarily want shelby to see the peen just Corey. Uh, you guys are a regular couple of anthony wieners over there mm -hmm, yeah he calls me topical he calls me carlos danger carlos danger i forgot that was his name good god that's his sex name why haven't I been using that as like avatar names? I've been playing Dark Souls and never named a character Carlos Danger. Got to name him Carlos Danger. Oh, it man. means you're ready to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> or create like a WWE uh, 2K16 character, even though I don't like playing those games. Uh, that's such a perfect, perfect name for him. It's a good name. He they, That's the one part he had down. He wasn't very good at uh, tweeting out his wiener discreetly. Or uh, not being like a horrible person, but uh, he was good at coming up with names, it's like sex names, sex aliases for himself. I was listening to some uh, some story about a documentary being done on Anthony Weiner. It's something called like The Real Weiner or something like that. And it followed him um, on his campaign shortly after that. Like he was trying to make a comeback. Yeah. It's like, yeah, go ahead and follow me around. And the filmmakers are talking about this because uh, in the movie, this is like shortly after that entire fallout. And he's, you know, he kind of like distanced himself from politics. And then he's trying to be, I think he was trying to put in a bid for mayor of New York. That's probably it. Yeah, I think so. Or, and, something like, or like a Congress. He, yeah, he was doing something like that. Or governor, maybe a governor. Might have been but there. he was like trying to come back, ease his way back into politics after all that. You know, those mishaps. And then another story had broken, like after he was trying to put his foot back in the door. Like, yeah, after like almost immediately after that first uh, fallout, like after people recognized that he was doing this and fucking up, like tweeting his dick around, he was still doing stuff like that and continued to do stuff that like that for a while. And you hear like one of his campaign advisors trying to get a feel for like how how long this has been going on? She's like, did this happen once? Did it happen numerous times? And he's like, uh, it happened more than once. And it was the movie, I guess, explores like, why would you, why after being caught like that, would you keep doing it? If you want to still like have this public career, I got to see this movie now. Cause I, I got to know what's up. 
He's got that sex addiction. Yeah, his wiener's got that sex addiction. He can't stop. You gotta keep on keeping on. Carlos Danger. I wonder if he kept the name. There's so many unanswered questions. I gotta figure it out. Well, he must have. Still had the email addresses, I'm sure. You can't just, uh, what is he gonna do? Deactivate his email address? Then somebody else could take it over. Then they would be Carlos Danger. That would be fucked up. For a guy who's like broadcasting his junk, I don't know if he knows how to do all that. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I mean, I guess the answer is no. He wouldn't have. That's true. Although, man, it's it's easy to make mistakes out there. Mm-hmm. Man, like even like the porn sites now. Like if you go to like your uh, your X tubes and your uh, booby chat tube. Hamster. Love booby chat tube. Booby chat tube is one of my favorite ones. Man, like they got like the. Like the play now button is right next to the share on Facebook button. And it's like, dude, like if you're not paying the utmost attention these days, like it's easy to commit a foul like that. It's easy to screw everything up in your whole entire life. Like it's uh, they're trying to get you out there. So on one hand, I do kind of understand his pain. It was the early days of Twitter. The DM button was probably right next to the share publicly to my constituents button. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, they are pretty close. And if you're like an older person who's kind of a Luddite, you probably don't know the difference between all that. But it's important to learn the difference and really just take like a slow and steady approach to the internet. As much as we all want to be like hackers, like the 1990s movie Hackers, and just fly through the internet, thrive, fly through those bits and bytes, with those ones and zeros going right past you while your while your Pac-Man avatar is just eating up all that data. Num num num. You remember that? Did you ever watch Hackers? I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Apparently, I think like I was the only one who was watching it that much. Uh, yeah, I watched it. It was like kind of like I had this girlfriend in high school who was like super into it for some reason. So I ended up watching it a good much. It was like, mm-hmm. I think it was like that thing that like people were into. People were into hackers, like A, because like hacking was like super cool in like the early 90s when like all we had was like AOL. Like the idea of doing things on the internet seemed really cool then. Yeah. But also it was a thing like it came out right at a time like where I think like maybe like grunge was kind of like not cool anymore, but it was like kind of before people were uh, like corn kids. You know, like when you were in high school, like there was like a brief period, like unless you were like super into Green Day, like you had a year or two before you went from being a grunge kid to like a new metal kid. Yeah, it was a pretty sweet spot where you're either into like uh, some pretty good metal that was going to turn into grunge metal, uh, ska music, swing music Mm -hmm. or hacking. Those were your four choices. Yeah. The like, four choices of the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was part of it. Like, yeah, in between grunge and new metal, like, there was a few years where, like, nothing was happening. And, yeah, like, all these, like, little tiny things, like, became, like, the possible new choice of, like, where culture was going to be. It was, like, either everybody was going to be, like, a swing dancer or everybody was going to be in, super into ska or everybody was going to be super into techno. And then uh, and then it happened to be, like, Limp Bizkit. Oh, yeah, techno. Never mind. It wasn't like, yeah. Well, techno went with hacking. Oh. If you liked techno, you were also a hacker. Yeah, or you had like hefty electronics in your in your bedroom. Yeah, that was part of the lifestyle that lasted six months until 
everybody collectively agreed to like Limp Bizkit for some reason. Yeah, I still don't understand that. But anyway, yeah, hackers hackers made it seem so easy. You know, because like Angelina Jolie was punking new kids at that school, like telling them there was a pool on the roof and all that garbage. You know, she had time for jokes because hacking was so easy for her. Oh, yeah. That was part of that movie. Mm-hmm. The pool on the roof thing. When I first, my first year of high school, uh, like everybody, like nobody tried to do this prank. And I don't know if any, if the prank even existed, but everybody would tell you, hey, if somebody tells you there's a pool, don't believe them. So like the response to the prank, I think, was bigger than the prank itself because I don't think anybody actually got pranked. But there was apparently at one time a prank where uh, freshmen would be told to go to the pool, of which one did not exist, probably because of that fucking movie. Yeah, which seems kind of idiotic in a certain way because like schools usually have maps to shit. And you could probably just ask anyone else, like, hey, is there a pool here? I was just told there was a pool. And they'd be like, no, there's not a pool. (laughs) And that's the end of the prank. Yeah. So, yeah, in retrospect, that's not a very good joke either. Hackers was not really good at representing good jokes or what hacking actually was. But it did have Penn Jillette in it, which people tend to forget. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, he's acting his little ass off at the end of that movie. Well, now I'll never forget. Yeah, it's your own personal 9-11. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Penn and Teller. I'm going to Las Vegas soon. Maybe I'll see him. Spit take. When are you going to Las Vegas to see Penn and Teller? Uh, well, I don't know if I'll see Penn and Teller, but I would like to. I'm going in July. Every like Every time I'm there, I'm like, man, I would like to see Penn and Teller. And I just like never do because I'm super lazy and I just like to... Uh, snooze when i'm in las vegas but maybe i will this time maybe i'll finally pull the trigger and uh get to watch that that magic trick they do where they pull the trigger and shoot each other in the face yeah it's like the end of penn and teller get dead that's another obscure movie reference yeah i haven't seen that one yeah it's on youtube actually the last time i checked it was on youtube it does not quite hold up, but I have fond memories of watching it in the early 90s because I really liked Penn and Teller back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great then. Penn Jillette has like that, like that late 80s hairstyle where he had like the pompadour of curls. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what it looked like. It's kind of funny, but watching it, it's definitely very dated. Like it really feels like an early 90s movie. And you're just like, whoa, this is... Uh, a movie of its time, for sure. But I recommend seeing them, because I saw them in Vegas 10 years ago. Jesus. And they were funny. They were funny 10 years ago, so hopefully they still hold up. Yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine they're still funny. Mm-hmm. I tried I- talking to a Teller afterwards, and he did talk back. Uh, but he was not fun of talking, so I, I backed away slowly. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he gets that a lot. Like people who are like, hey, what's up, Teller? You're cool. Like not expecting him to say anything. And then he's like, hey, man, what's up? You're cool, too. And you're just like, oh, what? I don't like this interaction. I got to get out of here. I was not expecting yeah. it. Well, it was more of like I was bugging him and he was giving me that cold shoulder like, yeah, uh-huh. All right, kid, thanks. And it's like you're standing outside of the venue you just performed at. I don't understand why, why this is happening, but 
Okay. Like, I, I don't need a full-on discussion, but the weird cold shoulder attitude was really bothersome. Yeah. Maybe he I was just, like, selling swatches and you were impeding on his business. Probably. That would explain all the swatches, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have those swatches just for his health, kid. Yeah, move along. Either buy a swatch or get lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of buying swatches, we're going to be talking about X-Men a swatch ellipse tonight on the show. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a movie we watched. We're going to review this. Maybe we'll timestamp it in case you guys are afraid of spoilers. Let's yeah, do that. I imagine we're going to spoil the shit out of this two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, spoil this two and a half hour long movie where like nothing actually happens. So as much don't as you could, yeah. Spoil. Don't know if it's spoiling in that case. I think it's just us gonna give you a fair warning about this movie. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: a bad guy emerges. He wants to kill the world. The good guys stop him. Uh, whew, a mind blowing twist ending to that one. Yeah, uh, definitely didn't see it coming when I was sitting there. I'm like, you're telling me there's a bad guy. <laughs> I was, I was not right. expecting a bad guy. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Were you excited for this movie going into it? Do you like? No, did you like The Last X-Mans? Say what? Did you like The Last X-Mans? I haven't even seen them, so I was so lost. Oh, I shit. didn't know what was happening. Like, why is Mystique the the feature of this, of this X-Men's movie? Not that it's a bad choice, but like I just didn't get it because from what little I remember of the comics, I don't remember Mystique being such a, a focal point. And also, when you were a kid, Mystique was played by a man, so you don't like that it's Jennifer Lawrence now. Well, yeah, it reached my video about how was I going to review the first <laughs> X-Men's because there's a female, a, a, a real-life woman in yeah. these movies. Yeah, Brian Singer. These movies are called X-Men, not x Woman, I don't understand why we got a female protagonist, JK, JK. Uh, I do think that's kind of cool that Mystique is kind of like the lead character in this, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, and in those comics, or at least like, and were you a huge X-Men fan when you were growing up? Not really. like a Spider-Man kid. Yeah, like, I, I'm still not too an X. I need to read more X-Men. I, ha I think I have like a bunch of them. It's like... Every starting point I try is either like really confusing, uh, and I guess the movies capture the comics in that way, or like just not good. So I never really got into X Men, and then like when I was getting into comics in the '90s, it was like way too hard. Like there were like 13 X Men titles, and I just had no idea where to start. So I just kind of never got into X Men. That's true. Like when the X Men animated series came out, and for as much as like speaking of early '90s stuff that really is of its time and doesn't really hold up, like that's a that is some bad animation garbage <laughs> that people fondly remember as being good. But it's of its time, and like the theme song is instantly recognized by all that shit. Whatever. Anyway, uh, that was my only experience with it. So when I was young and excited about that show, I was like, oh, I should get X-Men comics. But like you, I'm like, oh, I have no idea what's going on in this story. And then you try to find something else. It's like, do I buy X-Force or do I get X folks or <laughs> yeah the the Xening I don't know how many of these are there. Do I get the X Men? Get... Do I get Uncanny X Men? There's X Force, the New Mutants. Yeah, 
And then it's like you have this notion of what the X-Men core group is supposed to be. It's like, which is the one with Wolverine in it? Or which one has Cyclops? Or why are they in different comics? What is this? Yeah. Why is Beast a West Coast Avenger, not an X-Men? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, who cares? I want to see these fucks in New York. I don't want to see them on the West Coast (laughs) or in the Great Lakes or anywhere. It's like, just put them in Manhattan. So, yeah, there's all that confusing stuff going along with it. And and yet, like at least in the TV show, Mystique was this still like a big player. Like she would, you know, kind of make stuff happen. But not in the way that she does in these movies, which is still kind of cool. Like they're trying to bring this, uh, the secondary character to the forefront. So that's kind of neat. And the movie is like it's better than those late '90s, early 2000s X Men movies, which is kind of like I imagine this is really hard to do or write to get like an ensemble uh, superhero cast together like this. Like the way that Marvel Disney is doing it is actually kind of interesting because it's just never been done like that before. So when they have like Captain America Civil War and they bring all these superheroes together, they've established them before that movie. So they each have like characters and motivations that they're bringing to it. Or at least like they can do it well enough in the movies. So they can introduce Black Panther and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, of course this person has motivation in it now because, you know, his family has been uh, disrupted. I don't want to give away that movie in case nobody saw it yet. Yeah, don't spoil that. Yeah. But in this one, like, I mean, well, in the early 2000 X-Men, it's just all these fucking, it, it just kind of bombards you with characters. Like, here's Storm. Now here's Cyclops. Look at that. It's Jean Grey. Oh, here comes Wolverine. Watch out. And this movie kind of does that. Like, that's that's my first beef with this film. It's like, it's just cramming, cramming and jamming all these fucking X-Men's into this long-ass movie, which you don't think would be a problem for a long-ass movie, but they do it all like they're trying to establish something, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it probably makes even less sense for you. Like, a lot of these characters are, like, kind of set up in Days of Future Past, the one before this. Oh, well, I take that part about Disney Marvel back then. Like, if these are already established characters and I just didn't watch the previous ones, then, yeah, that's on me. Well, some of them are. Like, they do cram in, like, a lot of new people into this, too, so. Yeah, I have seen Days of Future Past, and it's, like, this movie is still a jumbled mess. Like, I've seen all the X-Men, and this movie's still a jumbled mess of garbage. Like, I think that Brian Singer, who has directed the majority of these, like, the X-Men films definitely seem like they are just, like, a hodgepodge of, like, Fox or whoever owns it being like, man, we just need all these X-Men movies. Like whoever, whatever director we can get, let's just cram them all out. When the reality is that it's like one dude pretty much who's done them all. And they still feel like a hodgepodge of like weird, different, like a movie, like movies being made by committee. It's very weird and confusing. Yeah. I, and I mean, I'm kind of remiss when people are like, you know, it's the most comic book movie that's out there. Uh, in a way, they're not wrong because most comic books are kind of like they don't really the ones that they're basing these films off of don't make that much sense anyway. They weren't supposed to like in the same in the same kind of gambit. They were just kind of pushed out to make money and shit. Gambit. I get. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a dumb joke. That was a but <laughs> I liked it. 
who's not in this movie, by the way. And like in the intro sequence, there's a bunch of cards flying out of fucking faces in 3D. I had to see this in 3D. It was the only time I could see it in. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah, I know, right? Because there wasn't a lot of 3D in it. And the 3D that happens is really bad. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of cards that fly through the intro scene. I'm like, all right, Gambit's in it, I guess. Who's a character I remember. Who's, you know, got like a Louisiana accent or some Cajun accent. But no, he's not in it. So it's like, that's a false promise. I felt miffed by that. He anyway. Was, he was a false prophet. Like yeah. Like Apocalypse. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's like a whole jumbled bunch of crap going on. Like, they just cram in everything that they can. Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. But uh, did you like the scene where Psylocke, played by Olivia Munn, is wearing like this sexy, uh, like, leather vinyl bikini at Auschwitz. <laughs> Did you like that scene? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Olivia Munn in a leather bikini, I, you know, she could probably make any horrible human atrocity look better, I guess. Yeah. That's or at one least thing like she could add a bit of uh, flair to it. That's, uh, that's what I was going to say though, is that like people were getting on the case of, uh, like people like me were like, why is this even happening? But it's like that's what the comics were like. Like, why is this even happening? Is this like they're trying to sell comics to kids? That was basically why this was happening. Or yeah. preteens, in the case of like Psylocke, like we're trying to sell this to kids going through puberty. That's why it's happening. Yeah, this de- yeah, this movie definitely does capture the '90s feel of the X Men in that, like, even when it was shitty and boring, like there was usually a sexy lady. So I was like, well, whatever's good, like. We're having this weird superhero moment at Auschwitz, but like sexy ladies, like, like this is fine. Yeah, I I totally I didn't I didn't quite understand <laughs> all of that and like the return to Auschwitz stuff. Like it, I, I from what from what I'm gathering now, like this apocalypse character and the apocalypse event was supposed to have like this world shaking, world shattering sort of effect. So stuff did get destroyed. So, like, even in trailers that you watch where it's like, here's a Sydney Opera House and it's all fucked up. Or, like, here's London Bridge and, oh, it's falling down, baby. Like, everything's getting destroyed. And then there's, like, historical uh, points, like Auschwitz. It's like, yeah, I, I guess that's destroyed. But that's that's also there to remind us of, like, the atrocities that happened. And it's like, I guess it was kind of poignant that they were cleansing it, though, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like... Get this shit out of here. Humans are the worst. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of all the human stuff. That's Apocalypse's big plan is that he wants to get rid of all the human stuff and uh, start over mm-hmm. with either like new humans or like only mutants. It's not very clear at all. None of his motivations are very clear like whatsoever, especially during the scene where he rids the Earth of nuclear weapons. And the X-Men try to stop him. And, like, everyone's all bummed out. Like, oh, he's so evil. He got rid of our nuclear weapons. Like, <laughs> it's, like was that part weird to you? Because I was confused as hell. I was like, well, Apocalypse seems like a sweet dude. Yeah, that part was weird to me. Um, The part where he gets all his information through the TV, like Johnny Five style, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Like, he just kind of puts his hand to... Uh, a dumpy old tube television uh, in Cairo 
which is probably like getting only three channels and he gets all of the world's information. <laughs> yeah. And she, and Storm, bless her heart, the actress playing her was like, what are you doing? He's like, learning. Johnny Five <laughs> is alive and ready to murder. Yeah. He definitely had a real Wishmaster vibe about him. Like, yeah. I, right? I definitely expected him to turn to Storm and be like, what are your wishes? Yeah, and this is going to sound shitty because, I mean, not only is it like Oscar Isaac playing the guy, but also like really great makeup artists who are working on him. I don't think that the makeup was that great on Apocalypse or the outfit. Like, it would have been great for a Guar show, but it didn't look great for a movie. Like, they did a close-up on his face, and my impression is that you know, if you're going to do close up on this dude's eyes, that you would do some like fancy uh, polishing, some touch up on the film. So you didn't see the skin tone un- like that's closest to his eyes, like the part that they couldn't get because his eyelashes were there. Yeah. But no, they left that be. They still have like, so it just looks like a guy wearing blue makeup on his face. Yeah. Like they. That was a bummer. Like Apocalypse is really weird looking. So it's like. A very daunting task to put him in a live action movie. Like, and like they try to make him look kind of realistic, but like, man, like they should have went the other way and just made him like super cartoonish. Like, they maybe even should have, like, I appreciate the the sentiment of doing practical effects and putting this dude in a bunch of like weird makeup and stuff, but like, Apocalypse is like a real weird looking dude. Like, they might have been better off just making him a CG dude. Yeah, like, I mean, he is super, he's cartoony as fuck. He's got a belt with a letter A on it. Like, how's a guy who's born millions of years ago have, like, this concept of, here's what the alphabet's going to look like long after I'm dead. Here's, <laughs> just put an A here just for future reference so people get the idea. <laughs> yeah, well, he learned that by putting his hand on some Sanskrit in there the old go. days. Yeah. Another part that blew my mind is that when he starts just donating energy i guess they don't really explain like why mutants get exhausted but they to the to a very detailed point but there's a part where like nightcrawler who's in this movie and by the way like again in contrast nightcrawler mystique beast blue characters who don't have that same bad makeup problem yeah sorry makeup artist but those guys look great i thought nightcrawler was fucking rad yeah this is probably the best looking nightcrawler and uh of like the two times that Nightcrawler's been on film. Yeah. <laughs> Between him and uh, uh, Alan Cummings. But um, shit, where was I going with this? He had like, uh, fuck, I was so focused on blue paint. Now I can't remember. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the blue paint now too. Hmm. But. Well, um, oh yeah, when he's like, Nightcrawler gets exhausted at one point. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with him? He's like, his energy. His energy goes like his latent mutant energy. I don't know if that's... Is that how this works? But also, like, Apocalypse is just making mutants more powerful. Or giving them bladed wings instead of au natural wings. And when he does this to Storm, her hair turns white. This is kind of something that was like in that first late 90s or early 2000s X-Men film where like Rogue gets the white streak of her hair. 
it's like this, uh oh, too much power happens, so your hair is gonna turn white. Which isn't really how hair works, but these are also mutants, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. But like nobody else's hair turns white. So when you like Magneto's hair is white in the comics, why didn't his hair go white? Yeah, that's true. And also Archangel, like he should probably just gone bald, I guess. Yeah. Xavier goes bald. Charles Xavier. What is what's the fuck happening with hair? <laughs> In this fucking film, <laughs> yeah, yeah, apocalypse. Does Psylocke, have weird nothing happens. Voice. Yeah, nothing happens to Psylocke other than she gets that sexy outfit. Maybe that's what it was. Like her clothes disintegrate. Yeah, gets leather bikinis. Like let's go to Auschwitz. Yeah. So I thought An- Angel is in this movie, like you say. He turns into Archangel, like the comics, which is probably the only reason he's in this is just so that they can have an Archangel. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also like the fourth time that Angel has been in these fucking movies, like the fourth different iteration of Angel. Great. In the Days of Future Past and the Brian Singer ones. We'll just call them that. Yeah. Like he was in three and then he was and then a different girl Angel was in. I don't know. There's been a lot of them anyway. So anyway, so like his whole thing is that like he's like a cage fighter, like these people put him in a cage and he has to fight and he's like very good. He wins like 10 fights in a row, but mm-hmm. the cage is very small and electrified. And that seems like it would put a guy whose only power is flying via his 10 foot long wings at a severe disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that it, was really it, weird. It was really weird. And it's weird that people thought that was a good idea. Like in this underground area of Berlin or where was it? Munich. It was someplace in Germany yeah. where everybody looked like they were in a fucking cabaret. Like the guy had a goofy mustache and powder on his face and shit. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. That was all weird. And the fact that like Nightcrawler was in this caged setup when he can just like transport anywhere he wants to, he's in a fucking room. I, oh, it was electrified. That's why he can't go through electricity. Apparently. Apparently. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. None also, did it bug you when what what installment of this series is this? Is this the third installment of this new series? Of the new series, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, there's no real continuity. Like, it's all the same series. Like, they kind of used time travel to fix it in the last one, but yeah, this is, is for all intents and purposes. I guess you could call this part three. Okay, that's what I thought. So there's that scene when they're, it's Scott Summers, Jean Grey, Jubilee, who I'm only guessing is Jubilee because it's this young girl with a bright yellow jacket, which I guess is supposed to be like the, who wears glasses on her head, like on her hair, not on her face, obviously. Yeah, I was, which, yeah, I was excited for Jubilee because growing up in the 90s, she was like one of the main characters of that cartoon. So I was like, cool, Jubilee. And man, she's in it for about, and she's like all over the trailers and commercials for this movie, but she's in about 10 seconds of the movie. Yeah. And doesn't do the thing that she's known for. So yeah, the three of them and Nightcrawler go to see Return of the Jedi because this is the 80s mm-hmm. as they're and the entire purpose of the scene is so that they can just, the camera tracks them as they leave and they're like, you know what? I liked Empire better. Yeah. But the third ones always suck. And that's it. That's the entire scene. <laughs> yeah. So what was that meta joke for? Were they trying to be like Deadpool or was this just like a wink and nod to the audience? Like, bear with us, folks. This is going to be a shit show. Well, I think 
I mean, now it seems like they're unintentionally talking about this one because everybody seems to hate this one. But I think that they're making a, a joke about X-Men 3, which is, like, is probably the worst X-Men movie outside of the first Wolverine movie. Like, and is one that was not made by Brian Singer. So I think they were just like, yeah, remember fucking original X-Men 3? It was some dog shit. Not like this X-Men 3, Wait which is, <laughs> isn't dog shit. Yeah, which is only human shit. Yeah. Um, and then also they come out and they're like, oh, you know, like Empire's still the best because it's the most complex and it has that dark ending. And I thought that they were kind of making a wink, wink joke about how this movie was going to have like a dark to be continued ending, which like it just totally doesn't have. And I th- I thought that that could like really help. Like this story is so huge. Like there's like 30 main characters in this movie and it's about apocalypse, like literally undoing all of civilization. Like, the stakes yeah. are super high in this. Like, world-ending stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, this really could have been two movies. Yeah, it could have been... Like, they could have done the Marvel-Disney thing of making this a series. They didn't have to kill off characters, all of, like, every other superhero movie before. But, uh, sure as shit, that's the plan. They just want to, like, do a full stop, you know. Use, like, the biggest word of world ending there is for a character apocalypse like yeah we can fit this in two and a half hours (laughs) yeah yeah i really wish that the x-men would start doing that marvel stuff or even i mean i guess they try to do it the dc route where they just pack everything in and then later on like you know like they can just use it at their disposal like quicksilver and days of future past is like in there for like 10 minutes like he just helps them for like a second and then you know they're like oh and then in this one they're like oh well quicksilver he can come back and we'll make him like a main dude because everybody liked him so i mean i guess they're sort of marvelly marveling it up in that way where like they just throw every like throw 30 characters into a movie we'll see what the internet likes after it's released and then we'll build on those parts and leave everything else out. Sure. But, uh, I kind of wish they do it the Marvel way where they, you take your time, tell your stories, give apocalypse a motive for wanting to destroy the world. Give Magneto more to do than just be like a mindless henchman. Yeah. And don't feel the need to, to just jump in head first into Jean Grey having this latent uh, Phoenix energy. I don't think that's how it worked. What was the deal with Phoenix in the comics? Didn't she, like, have to talk with aliens or something? Yeah, like, yeah, Phoenix, like, came from outer space and, like, chose her. Then why don't they fucking do that? Because every time they try to do this, like, in the early, the previous series for this X-Men thing, and then this one, apparently, it's like, yeah, just... You know, have some fire and shit come out of her. That's enough. It's like, how? When is that ever enough? Just tell us how it happened. <laughs> yeah. That That's weird. a story in and of itself. That's a fucking movie. But yeah, I mean, they just go like at full speed. Gene, you're powerful. Do the shit. Do do that shit. Believe in yourself. You just got to believe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Keep I did like this. believe in I did like that she believed in herself, though. No, it was always nice people believe in themselves. Yeah. But then the rest of it, like the re- the last 10 minutes of that film looked like a fucking ad for CK1. Just like these people, <laughs> like intense close-ups and looking very dramatic and like in points of 
anguish and ecstasy. It's like, what is going on? I guess somebody's winning this fight. I don't know, man. And then like Apocalypse starts getting stabbed with steel beams. And you're like, maybe he's losing, but he's fucking immortal. How is he going to die? Yeah. And it was weird that despite all of his powers, he could not melt those steel beams. Yeah. Which, I mean, puts an end to that conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. Apocalypse didn't do 9-11. Finally. Uh, Finally, Brian Singer proved them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that despite the fact that Wolverine should not have been in this movie at all, that uh, because like this movie, like it stops halfway through this movie to become a Wolverine movie for like 20 minutes and then goes back to your regularly scheduled programming, which is like super <laughs> weird. Almost as bad as Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman opening up uh, YouTube videos of the trailers for the upcoming DC movies. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. It, yeah. It's almost like that. But, uh, I thought the Wolverine was like super rad in this. Like this movie is surprisingly violent. Like Wolverine, like, yeah, like they puss out with him in like all the other movies where like, you know, he'll like stab a dude in the arm, you know, and then like, and then he'll be dispatched or whatever. Uh, but he like murders like dozens of men brutally in this movie. That is not an exaggeration at all. Like I figured that scene was not going to go on for as long as it did and that they weren't going to show as much as they had. Cause I'm like, okay, it's Wolverine. You know, this is like post, uh, comic association of America's shit. So they're not going to show him. Oh fuck. He just <laughs> opened that guy up. <laughs> Stem to stern. This guy is, is a fucking diagram of the internal goings on of your body. Uh, <laughs> That's what it turned into. He's because it's Weapon X is what they're trying to convey with this. And to me, that was like the most comic booky part because it looks so goddamn silly. It was just such a laughable joke about like, okay, he had that headset on. Like if you ever saw Weapon X stuff from the comics, and that's some of the stuff I remember the most because I was like, what the fuck are they trying to do with this? It's supposed to be like this elite government testing and development for Wolverine, like they're putting adamantium into him, and he's gonna have all this weird sci-fi crap on him. The comics go above and beyond. Like if you ever saw like the comics or the action figure, he has this goofy VR headset on his mm-hmm. dome, <laughs> covering his eyes. Yeah, and then he's got like these metallic briefs and bullshit, and just wires all over the place. Yeah, he's got like wires and cords hanging off of him, like he's Techno Destructo from Guar. Exactly, and then in this movie, there's like. Yeah, let's do that, but let's cut it down to an eighth of that. Like, let's pretend that we have a a haunted trail from Halloween uh, from your local cornfield budget with this and just put, like, an eight-track player on his waist, give him some, like, black torn jorts, and uh, put, like, a small Walkman on the side of his head <laughs> and, and maybe, like, a, a little spindly cord, like a like an amplifier cord going into his guts that he'll pull out. But like you say, despite all that, he's hyper violent. Like the shots of this stuff are definitely inspired by Sam Raimi because you'll like see a guy getting cut and then you'll just see like the blood splatter on the wall and it'll track that shot. Like it'll zoom in on the blood that hits the wall and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? He's killing a bunch of dudes. That's what's happening. Yeah. Like a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So many dudes. And that, that's probably one of my favorite parts because, like, it does look so fucking goofy. Uh, like, he goes up to a camera and he's supposed to be angry and intimidating. He's like, grrr, but he's got this 
goofy shit on his head that people in the <laughs> audience were laughing at it. And like, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I wasn't the only one who was like, this is not a, this is not just me who thinks this is ultra silly. Yeah. Like people were, people got the chuckles from, um, from a Hugh Jackman acting like, man, I've been under, I've been in isolation for so long with this <laughs> Walkman on tape to my head. <laughs> but I did funny. have like that great, like, uh, 80s Wolverine hairstyle where it's just all like pulled back and shit with the giant sideburns. Yeah. Like, I love how neat his beard looked for being in isolation for that long. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought he looked cool. I like that. Like, there's, you know, we've been talking a lot of shit about this movie, but there's some cool parts. Like, even though it was fun, I enjoyed it, but I was definitely like, oh man, this guy looked goofy. Yeah. Yeah, he looked kind of goofy. And, uh, yeah, like, it's kind of needlessly shoehorned in, but I like that. I like all this, like, the early Magneto stuff. I thought it was really good. Oh, uh, like when he's just, like, trying to pass as human? Yeah, and when he's hanging out with his daughter, who's not Scarlet Witch for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, something from the comics I missed, but it was still neat. I still dug that entire arc. I thought the movie was going to be more like that, you know? Like, yeah. well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably one of the best parts of the movie. I did forget about that. Yeah, you should watch Days of Future Past. I, like, well, now... Like, I love Days of Future Past. I thought that was, like, one of the better, like, for sure, like, the best X-Men movie and, like, one of the better Marvel movies. But now after this movie, I'm like, well, was I wrong? Like, <laughs> was I tricked? <laughs> so now I got to go back and rewatch it. But, uh, yeah, this I don't know. This movie's all right. I, like, I mean, it's pretty bad, but could be worse. There's some good parts. Yeah, it's definitely not the worst Marvel film. Like, for oh, films for about sure. comic books, which there's... You know, we're kind of like we keep hitting this peak again. Like I, I thought this was going to be a fad that died out in the late '90s. Like after Spider-Man, like they're never going to do a better Marvel movie, <laughs> a comic book movie than this. But no, like Disney and Marvel had other plans. So we're going to have this. It's going to be a genre for a while, if not, you know, the conceivable future. Uh, long after we're dead, I mean. Yeah. Whatever that is. I think they're so, here to stay. Yeah, yeah I was like it of, seems like they've hit a, a happy path with how to do um, superhero films. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll say now. Spoilers are over. We'll mark it down uh, in case people want to get back in. But yeah, I was thinking about this during the movie. It's like people always complain like, oh, man, you know, movies, it's all fucking superhero movies. You know, all the movies released now are superhero movies. But like there are only five superhero movies this year. Yeah. And four of them are already out. Like – that's not that much. That's like once every two, like once every nine weeks, there's a superhero movie. Like that's not that much. Why are like people are just, you know? I don't know. I don't know. They're, I mean, we can't be that starved for entertainment where we're like, why are there so many, why is it oversaturated with superhero movies? I mean, we've had tons of action, tons of horror, tons of romantic comedies, tons of slice of life films, indie films, like, there's a ton of different movies and, you know, that's if, even if you like movies, if you don't like movies, then who the fuck cares? <laughs> like, yeah. it's, not, it's not your bag to begin with. Yeah. I guarantee you these people complaining about the superhero movies didn't go see the good guys. Did you see that? Uh, no, not yet, okay. but I want to. Yeah, so do I. I was talking about that with, uh, oh shit. Well, I was talking about it because 
has these great shots of like 1970s Los Angeles. And it looks like a fun movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Shane Black did it. He's cool. I respect him. Is that who directed this? Uh, he directed, yeah, the night or the nice guys. Did I call it the good guys? The nice guys. Yeah. He, Shane Black, who, uh, like did like the lethal weapon movies and Iron Man three and he wrote monster squad. Oh, I didn't know he wrote monster squad. Hell yeah. He wrote monster squad. Look at that guy. He's cool. Mm hmm. You uh, have to be to come up with a line like Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So there's like plenty of other movies to see. But this weekend was kind of a stinker weekend anyway. Like, not that we talk about, like, box office poison and all that shit, but uh, that new Alice in Wonderland, apparently that's not very good. Yeah. And it's like, uh, there's that real, real weird scene where, like, the Mad Hatter, like, uh, domestically assaults Alice for some reason. I didn't understand that scene when I saw it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows how that's going to turn out. That Johnny Depp. I mean... That's the main thing I keep hearing from people. It's like, at least I, now I have a legitimate reason to hate Johnny Depp. It's like, yeah, you probably didn't need that reason, though. Like, maybe he was just saying nasty shit. But if this is what gives you a legitimate reason, then maybe you need to reevaluate your reasons for hating people. <laughs> like, man, I wish this person would just assault somebody. Then I could really hate him and not feel yeah. bad about it. It's like maybe people just didn't assault people. That'd probably be a better outcome to all this, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I definitely saw a lot of that on Twitter. Like, man, you know, for the last 20 years, I've just been hating Johnny Depp because he's like very attractive and successful and rich <laughs> and talented. And, uh, but now, now the shoe was, she was on the other foot. I'm totally justified. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really feel good about this domestic abuse situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, these people, uh, but with that, let's get into the MVPPs and the MVPPs. Hell yeah. Uh, my MVPP, which is the good stuff, the pool partier. Yeah. My, my good guy of the week is this thing. This the, uh, I reluctantly let people let you know about this and the listeners because it might be nerdy. And I'm not totally decided. I might not like it, but uh, I've been into it for like three days. And right now I think it's kind of cool. But maybe I'll change my tune. Uh <laughs> but and I would never do it. I just like looking at it. I will preface it with that. Never in a million years would I actually do this because I think doing it is nerdy. Looking at it, not so bad. Worst mm -hmm. way to spend three seconds of your life. But there's all these people on Instagram who take superhero toys and probably other kind of toys. The virtual pros guys were saying they do this with wrestling, uh, and they like maybe like they they uh, make them into art. You know, like they'll go out to like an urban setting with their Spider-Man toy, make it look like Spider-Man swinging around, you know, it looks mm -hmm. kind of cool. I think it's a cool thing to do as uh but I think it's kind of a cool thing. You know, if you're practicing your photography or you're just bored, and you got all these yeah. action figures. Why not take pictures of them in cool settings? Sure. Well, what do you think? Have you seen any of this on the Instagram? No, I've not seen this on Instagram, but I remember this being a thing like. A couple of years ago, not probably not to the uh, degree that you're talking about it. I just remember like people doing a website of like or a blog and like, check it out. Look at this Spider-Man. He's having an adventure. And they would do stuff like you're talking about, like well-articulated old action figures doing shit. Yeah. I'll see if I can find one 
to uh, tag you in. If I've liked any recently. Maybe I just look at them and don't like them. But the people taking these photos, they're your real MVPPs? Yeah, they're my MVP. And maybe not even the people taking them because I think like they're probably super nerds. But uh, just the pictures themselves, I guess, because I kind of like them. Uh, well, I can't, I, I'm not seeing any now, but, uh, I'll tag you in one one. Maybe I'll like use one for the episode art or something. But Turn I, think, it on. I think they're all right. What do you got going on for the MVPP? Uh, my MVPP for the week is Gordon down, uh, from the tragically hip. Oh, yeah. This is a guy who I guess back in December being the front man of the tragically hip, uh, lead singer and all that lead songwriter. He found out that he had brain cancer. This is a um, terminal brain cancer. It cannot be operated on or anything. So he knows he's got, he basically knows he's only got like a limited time left uh, to live. And thought about that for a while. And then this week announced with his band, like, fuck it, we're going to go tour again. Because that's what we would do normally. Nice. Like they've been touring pretty much every year for the past 30 years. And, uh, and this year is not going to be any different. So that is fucking badass. I like that a lot. Uh, he definitely could have done whatever he wanted. Like these are his last, you know, moments, year, months, whatever. And what's the tour? So that's cool as hell. And they just announced the dates. I guess it's going to be like mostly in Canada. Because uh, that's where they're from. Oh, these motherfuckers. What? I don't know, only touring in Canada seems selfish. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that dude and his brain cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Just staying there. Actually, yeah, I'm I'm considering going up there because well I don't uh necessarily mention at at every conversation that I like tragically hip, I'm probably gonna go make the trip to Toronto or something to go see them. Uh for this tour. Cause Sounds like it's my last chance. Yeah. Toronto's a cool city. It's very clean. You've been? I've never been there. I've been there. What the fuck? When did you go? Uh, I went uh, when I was like doing the writing for band, like uh, for the paper, you know, about bands. Uh, the Latex Buddies, a band from Dayton, went to like this big music festival in Toronto. And I was like, hey, let me come. And they're like, all right, whatever's good. <laughs> and, uh, oh, what the hell? Yeah, I, I totally them. forgot about that. Yeah, it was fun. It's a very clean city. Uh, the are, Some of them are smelly. Some of the Canadians. Yeah, oh. that's fine. I know a lot of <laughs> smelly American people. What do you, what do you, why do you do that for? Because it's true. Well, so it's what? all true. I'm talking specifically about the smelly Canadians. And they're also rapists. <laughs> do you know American rapists? <laughs> I didn't think so. We're just talking Not about the Canadians right now. Okay. When I tell when I next time I tell you about a trip I took to Los Angeles, I'll tell you about the smelly Los Angelinos. <laughs> but right now the story is about the smelly Canadians. Out of the presses, Canadians stink. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. That's one. That's my biggest memory of going to their city. It's very clean. Uh, and then like three guys at a punk rock club smelled bad. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> three guys at a punk rock club. Not smelling good. 
It was just awful. <laughs> I didn't care for it, Frisbee, all right? How dare you try to <laughs> try to take that away from me? Oh, yeah. Shame on me, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> uncool. This three Canadian dude smelled bad. Yeah. One of them might have been a girl. Gross. <laughs> See, exactly. When you put it in that context, it's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, I mean my own hat over here. Uh, yeah, but it was all right. They have a lot of hookers there. Great. Do uh, <laughs> <to> it. <laughs> like, I mean, my main thing about going there is like, I I'm definitely gonna have poutine. Yeah. And that's not a euphemism for hookers or anything. Like the gravy <laughs> fry treat. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. That's also not a euphemism. Literal gravy fries. But uh, yeah, that's that's my big ass plans for. Canada, going to see Tragically Hip and then eating some fries. Well, I hope you don't run into any smelly people while you're there. Oh, by God. I hope I don't either. Sounds like a nightmare. Man, it was terrible. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Uh, it's pretty fun, though. It's a nice place. Cool. Yeah, I've only been to, like, Quebec uh, once. Were they smelly? I didn't get the chance. Like, my family went there on a trip, and my brother and I were like, I didn't know you guys knew how to speak French. And they're like, what? And then about uh, a couple kilometers in, they realized that nothing was in English, and we turned around. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's <laughs> We good. were supposed to meet people there. It was like, uh, I think it was some of my dad's work friends or something. But it, yeah, nothing doing. This was in a time before, like... uh uh, like, uh, well, cell phones for one, and then any sort of, um, like TARDIS or, or Targus, not TARDIS, but any sort of like car <laughs> traveling devices to help you out. Yeah. And global positioning systems, GPAs. That's what I was trying to say. GPAs. What the fuck? GPA. I'm not I'm making any <laughs> yes. sense. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, let's get into the MVPPs then. Please. Uh, mine is the three smelly dudes from Toronto that I ran into. They came in the to back this week. Yeah. Right. Uh, JK, it's the show So You Think You Can Dance. It's a TV show that comes on during the summer. And, like, they get all these people. It's like American Idol, but with dancing. Yeah, I thought this was one of your jams, wasn't it? Yeah, I love this fucking show. I've been watching it every year for, like, ten years. And last year, they pissed me off. Because they got rid of Mary Murphy, one of the hosts, and they made it like a uh, like a street dancing versus stage dancing kind of a thing, which I don't care for. Yeah, uh, that's like every movie about dancing. Why do you need a contest show about it? Yeah, like it works well uh, in fiction where, uh, you know, Boogaloo Shrimp is there, but I don't necessarily need it in my reality TV. And right. uh, this year, they're fucking it up even worse because instead of... Being young adults dancing, it's ages 8 to 13. And who the fuck wants to watch a bunch of 8 to 13-year-olds dance around? Not me. A lot of places you can get on a fucking list for that. For going, oh, it's time for the 8-year-olds dancing show. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get home and make some popcorn. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I'll be able to eat anything, because, boy. I'm gonna be riveted watching these uh, 8-year-olds do the Lombada the sensual dance of lust. 
<laughs> yeah, this sounds creepy as hell. Yeah. I just found out the other day. It premieres tomorrow night. And I was like looking it up when it started. And they were like, this year, fucking, it's only second graders. <laughs> so That's gross, man. This I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like on Disney Channel or like a more, you know, it's ABC Family, but... To have it on, like, prime time, like, this is your summer viewing, that's pretty gross. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if this was, like, a spinoff that, like, they put on Saturday mornings or whatever for kids. And you'd be like, well, I've, sure. already, I've already watched normal adults dance. Like, maybe I'll check out these kids. But it's, like, to be the main thing, like, who gives a shit? Who's going to care about this? Like, and the whole thing is, like, whoever wins, like, they get, like, a contract with some, like, dance troupe that travels, you know. And goes on tour. And it's like, what do you give to an eight-year-old that wins? A fuck, like, a <laughs> like a copy of Toy Story 2 on Blu-ray? <laughs> what do they get? I also like this, the presumptuous title of like, so you think you can dance? You goddamn eight-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Start busting some moves out, kiddo. You got to prove yourself at eight years old. Yeah. But you're thinking of goddamn Fred Astaire up here. <laughs> you think you're so fucking cool, eight-year-old? <laughs> like an adult comes and pushes him over. Yeah. Why are you crying? I thought you said you could dance. Yeah, and then like part of the show is that like they all have to go to like Las Vegas and like train super hard and like like a lot of it's like the human drama of watching people crack under the pressure and like work all night and you know they're working so hard and they break their wrist but they still fucking want to do it. And it's like, you yeah. can't do that with eight-year-olds. Like, or else like, these kids are going to be doing like a ton of speed. Like, I really got to get this step down, man. I'm cracking under the pressure. <laughs> Give me more speed. <laughs> and some more chocolate milk. Yeah. Well, what's your MVP, P? Oh, shit. You asked me too quick. Oh, I'm sorry. I was still having fun talking about this really bizarre setup for So You Think You Can Dance. <laughs> it's just making me too mad. I can't even talk about it anymore. They're ruining <laughs> um, all my shows. My MVPP this week is uh, these these heads of security, or at least like of animal uh, keeping at zoos, who are given these go-ahead to just shoot animals when people are fucking up and like falling into... Uh, Animal displays. Mm-hmm. Like, this happened back in, I think it was in Chile. It was some South American country. I'm like, ah, okay, this is bizarre. And then it just happened again, like, yesterday in yeah. Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, home of the good chili. Home of the, probably the best Greek chili. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, like, some idiot kid, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like a four Tap dance on the railing. Like, look at me, I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> Fell into the fucking gorilla sanctuary where this 17-year-old gorilla sees this kid in his sanctuary. And I don't know the specifics aside from like, you know, the gorilla's kind of freaked out. And it's like, huh, what's going on here? Instead of like shooting tranquilizers or any shit at this thing, like, no, get up. We need to kill it. It's like a werewolf. You have to shoot it with silver bullets, this mm-hmm. fucking gorilla. So, Yeah. This is, it's basically like this weird uh, gun enforcement at zoos now. So anytime like some dumbass human falls into an animal cage at a zoo, like kill the animal, 
but can we just get the nope kill the animal just how many guns do we have 15 not enough we need like 25 yeah it's pretty absurd i was reading about this and like the gorilla did like just like gorilla shit it's not like the gorilla started like eating the kid alive or anything like it just started dragging it around mm-hmm. like it's you know it wasn't like hurting it necessarily i'm sure it wasn't like fun but like i don't know man like if you're stupid enough to fall into a cage and if you're fucking a shitty enough parent to let your four-year-old fall into a fucking gorilla cage like you have to climb over a fence and then like jump over the moat like it's a pretty intense fucking physical challenge because i've been there to get into that gorilla cage like yeah if you're a shitty enough kid to do that and you're a shitty enough parent to let your kid do that like i wish there was just some fucking law where like yeah if you jump into the animal cage fuck you you're done yeah, we're not liable for anything that happens to you. Like, this is the animal's safe space. Yeah. And you have infiltrated it. And I don't know why it's happening so often. Like, these people are just, I mean, there's not some subconscious or sleeper agent thing where people are just finally waking up and like, got to go to the zoo, got to get into that monkey cage, got to <laughs> fall into that lion cage. It's like, they're just fuck ups. I don't understand why we have to, why they're just like, you've got to shoot these animals immediately because that person fucked up and why do you why is it just like fucking bullets you got tranquilizers you have to put those animals under for something sometimes like do you not have enough money just to have a tranquilizer dart like oh yeah we can inject them uh once we get a harness on them and all this stuff but we definitely can't uh act like this was when we captured them from the wild and shoot them here we just have to kill them put them down the fact that there are even bullets at a zoo is pretty weird yeah isn't that bizarre? I hmm. anyway, yeah. like yeah, like there's like not like I guess it wasn't even like an option for like whoever the like lead liaison for human gorilla interaction at that zoo to like go in there and try to like get the kid or whatever because I'm sure like the gorillas and the humans interact from time to time, right? Like a guy's got to go in there. That's what I'm saying. Is like there's moments when you have to you know, treat gorillas for any sort of medical emergency or something. And what do you do then? Just like hope for the best. Like, all right, come with me. This is going to be awkward. Like, no, you'd put them under so they don't freak out when you're administering shots or whatever. So it's like, where was that shit? And, and also, like you say, like, who's the person that's what used to be the thing. At least no, I'm saying like an old man now. That's what, how it used to be. <laughs> but yeah, there's some liaison, some person who can go in and, effectively like uh get that person that dumbass out of there without fucking up the the uh gorilla's day or anything anyway yeah bug the shit out of me i can't believe this happened like twice in two weeks it's probably happening more than i realized but yeah it happens sometimes out here uh but yeah like you'd think there'd be like some sort of equivalent to a rodeo clown like at rodeos if somebody's getting beat the fuck up by a bull a guy in crazy a crazy costume goes out there, distracts the bull, and the dude gets away. Like, how hard would that have been? But no, you just got to shoot this endangered species that is yeah. only separate from you by like a point zero 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 two percent of DNA. You shoot him. Shoot that guy who's only yeah. behaving the way he would behave uh, naturally and not doing anything wrong. Yeah, just shoot him because and somebody finds space. It's like, yeah, this isn't the wild or anything where, you know. This person is kind of in between a rock and a hard place. This person is like, hey, look at that dumb gorilla, and then fell in. It's like, I can't believe I'm here with this gorilla. (laughs) 
And the girl has no place to go. It's like, okay, I guess this is happening. I'm going to drag this thing around. Blam. That's its last thought because it got shot in the fucking head. Yeah. Gorilla was like, like yo, I'm very curious about this thing. I'm going to drag it back to where I sit and eat and just look at it for a while. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, this happens a lot. Like some lady, I think it happened here in California. Like some lady dropped her hat in the lion cage or the tiger cage. So she jumped the fence to go get her $7 hat. And like oh this tiger is like going nuts, like trying to get at her. Uh, yeah, people are dumb. If you if you fall into a, a cage at a zoo, you deserve death. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be a new rule. I wonder if like any future guests will administer that as a rule. I hope so. Uh, speaking of future guests, next week the Banshee Gems will be here. Banshee James. All right. I wish there was a guy on their show called Banshee James. <laughs> Banshee James. I've taken to calling the show Banshee Cats because I like that. Banshee Buddies. Banshee Buddies is a good one. Uh, so next week, I imagine, unless something goes wrong, I will introduce Patrick and Ariana by saying, there you are, you otaku sons of bitches. <laughs> Which, by the way, now that we're talking about this, is my favorite thing. Is your, <laughs> of your, all your go-to image posts uh, ever. <laughs> I'm so excited that you picked the Lupin the third one, which is like <laughs> one of the four or five um, Japanese animations that I actually like, like legitimately like. Like I used to watch it all the time when it was on Adult Swim, and also that it's a very self-referential. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Demon, demonizing of otakus that are out there. I love it. I just love that picture where he's like, there you are, you otaku son of a bitch. <laughs> it, it fits into <laughs> and, some and your links to using it too are really spectacular. I'm enjoying it. Well, I hope you. this goes on for a while. Thank you. Uh, that brings me to my next point. I wanted to bring this up with you. Uh, you're speaking about me using the sutaku uh, picture all the time in Podcast Town. Uh, I know... You're not on Facebook a lot, so you miss a lot of what's going on in Podcast Town. Yeah. I try to keep up with Podcast Town, but I work a lot during the day, so a lot of times I miss the first shift crew in Podcast Town. A lot of times I, I'm part of the third shift night crew. Yeah. You know, I'm in there with like the Swedes and the Aussies a lot of the sure. time. The West Coast also. Yeah, and the West Coast guys who can't sleep. The West Coast Avengers mm-hmm. and X-Men. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was thinking that maybe we could use uh, like a podcast town bureau chief, like a correspondent. Okay. You know, like uh, if somebody wants to come aboard our show, uh, we have a very small uh, station here. It's me and you. It's the new producer. Uh, he's there. He probably says things from time to time. I'm the producer. He's here. He works for us. Old yeah. producer Muhammad. He's still on. Uh, the payroll. He's been getting that shirt percentage. Which uh, I thought we'd agreed he wouldn't, but I guess he is. Anyway. I, he worked it out with Hide the Bodies. He emailed them. He went above my head. He ran around my back. That's why we're not getting any funds from this. Yeah, he talked to them. Okay. Um. So, yeah, so that's, you know, we run a tight ship here. But I was thinking we need someone to, like, record something or maybe even call in during the show Leave a voicemail. Maybe we'll set up a voicemail line, something like that. Just let us know what the big stories were. Uh, we need a dedicated man for this, or woman. 
equal opportunities here. Uh, we, we need a dedicated person to do this. Like once a week, let us know what the big stories were. Uh, top three, you know, let us know what, uh, if there's any new grandpas joining up, any new feuds going on, who's Corey been picking on this week. Any flame outs that we missed. Yeah. Uh, anything like that. Yeah. Big flame outs, uh, somebody being exposed for being racist, something, you know, just whatever the big news is of the week, uh, to call in or send something in and explain it. Uh, we can pay you with one pool party patch. Or two, maybe. That's true. Yeah, those are coming up. Again, who knew we would have more merchandise? I thought it was done with a shirt and a koozer. I was like, all right. Uh, that was a gr- excellent run. Hopefully we have another shirt again. But no, we have patches coming. There's going to be patches for your uniform. And, uh, and also you'll be part of the team. You can tell people that you do a podcast, that you're part of a podcast by doing one minute of work a week. So we need somebody. Email us at poolpartyradio at gmail.com or just hit us up in podcast town. Yeah, we got to know what's up because he's like Parker said, he's working that third shift and, you know, he gets on when he can. But uh, it doesn't always he's not always on like when everybody else is active and awake. I'm very busy during the day. Surprisingly, who knew <laughs> I got to do a lot of notarizing. Mm-hmm. So I can't quite keep up with all the posts. And some of that stuff is so flash in the pan, and we don't get a chance to see it. But we see other people commenting on it. We see you folks who like reference stuff that we aren't aware of, and we we got to know. We got to know what's up. Yeah, like I missed all the stuff where like Corey just went batshit insane on Guy R. Cook. <laughs> and, like I missed that entire feud. I had to catch up on it later. So if we had somebody who could uh, keep us abreast of these things, I think that would work out well. Agreed. So. Hit us up. Send us your resume, poolpartyradio at gmail.com. Uh, we could hire you. You know? Yeah, you need to be our AJ Benza for Podcast Town. Give us the <laughs> true Podcast Town story. Exactly. We need a man on the streets, a man on the beats, beat kids. Beat kids. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, there's that. Also. What? Email us for other normal things. Poolpartyradio at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about these X-Mans. Uh, let us know if you've ever snuck into like a cage at a zoo. Yeah, so we can judge you. Fuck yeah, we'll judge you. You piece of trash. Uh, what also, do you... find us on uh, Twitter. You can find us there. Twitter. At Final Parker. At Cumulus Frisbee. Twitter. Twitter's right. Yeah, I <laughs> finally got to it. Uh... <laughs> sure, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, how do you feel, producer, when we don't get around to plugging the Twitter? I hate that shit. <laughs> I thought so. Um, uh, is there anything else? What else? iTunes, maybe. Try an iTunes review if you want. Yeah, or whatever your podcast player of choice is. You can find all the old podcasts at uh, our retirement home for podcasts, apparently. is how I'm describing this. Uh, mm-hmm. com. That's true. All the old episodes are there. Um, so yeah, I guess that's about everything. We'll be back next week. And we'll be embarking on a large adventure. Uh, yes, so a yeah, weeks-long adventure. Yeah, we got like a, a big theme coming up. A big weeks-long adventure that we'll have. Uh, we won't explain it now. There's no need to explain 
It's going to be a long thing. It's going to be a long stretch. We got a big arc plan for the summer. It's going to be good. It's going to be pretty, pretty big. Uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll be back next week with the Banshee Jams. Until then, this is Parker for Cumulus and the producer saying thanks for having fun. All right. Hey, enjoy yourself, awesome. everybody. <laughs>